0: This is Team Business Podcast.
1: Team Business uncovers
2: the everyday entrepreneurs' why, how, and the road to now. With hosts Mike Fusco and Ray Ramirez. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and
1: build a team for success. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Ray.
2: Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining Ray and I on Team Business 26. Today, we're delighted to have Greg Hasty join us. Greg, how are
1: you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, you
2: guys. Yeah, thanks so much for joining. Greg's a busy guy. He is the founder and CEO, do you call yourself CEO or president or
1: uh, I CEO owner, owner, like,
2: owner, executive owner owner <laughs>
1: exactly. Founder is a good one. I I, I avoid the other C level names when I have to or when I can.
2: How about this one? Market Research Video Strategist with hasty to-
1: storytelling. There we go. The design consultant. <laughs> <laughs> we got them all. Uh, yeah, I'll just a uh, magician, uh all
2: of it. <laughs> no, Greg, thanks so much for joining, man. We know you're a busy guy and we appreciate you taking the time. Uh before we get started today on Team Business, we have really great things to ask you here for our audience to see. But if you can you tell us a little bit about your background? Tell us a little bit, maybe, where you're from, your studies, and how you started in your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, born and raised in Southern California, um, I went to college at uh, Cal State Fullerton Titans um in communications and advertising um you know communications advertising tend to feel like a a business degree that didn't have to do a whole lot of math which ironically would then become you know me working in market research as a quantitative researcher doing statistics and data all day every day um i worked in advertising for a short stint about 2008 um when the economy was Kind of hurting, so it hurt advertising, and I kind of had to to move my feet a little bit. Um, dabbled in a couple jobs here and there, in, in sales, um, and a couple other little things, while also bartending. You know, I was I was always doing something, always trying to to hustle a little bit, um, still trying to find my path, and not exactly sure where I wanted to end up or what I wanted to do. Um, a friend of mine who now is. Ironically, an employee of mine, uh, Stephanie Burns, uh, showed me uh, market research. Uh, I worked for a company called Holland Partners, and they're based in London, but they're a global agency, and they had an agency here in downtown L.A. Uh, and that was my first kind of introduction into data sciences, the market research community, uh, and working with like large scale companies. You know, I got brought in to work on Microsoft as my first client, which is well, awesome. a gigantic oh, yeah. client um yeah I mean it was, it was amazing um so I got a lot of just on the ground real world throw in the pool kind of experience in that world but um while I was there my passion definitely again didn't didn't lie in the numbers uh didn't lie in the data didn't lie in uh the quantitative side of things but I got exposed to qualitative uh, research and for those who may not know, focus groups, kind of in-person interviews, uh, one-on-one with actual individuals. And I thought that was a a really cool uh, process for research. Um, And I also was kind of dabbling in more creative things. I had a lot of influences and friends who um, started in research or similar like businesses um, and sprung off to do graphic design. This was when like graphic design PowerPoints were becoming really big, like 2010, 2011, like a lot of companies would hire these freelancers to design better looking decks or better looking presentations for their uh, clients or for their internal purposes, whatever that was. And I really wanted to do something like that, but I was terrible at you know, graphic design in general, never went to school for it. I'm competing against these people in LA that are you know went to Art Institute and stuff like that. Um, But one thing I did that did attract me was, you know, the research community would do a lot of filming. Uh, So they would film focus groups, poor quality, but they would just do it for record keeping. And so I pitched the concept of why don't we do good filming? Why don't we bring in uh, high resolution cameras, high resolution storytelling, um, and actually replace maybe a 120 page PowerPoint deck with a five minute video and see if that resonates with our clients. So that's what I tackled. Um, I went home every day from that you know, eight to nine to 10 hour days at, at, in research and taught myself video editing. Uh, I spent a lot of time with wedding videographers and wedding photographers to, to learn how to shoot things with only one moment, uh, capture like, the one opportunity you have to right, film yeah. something because you're not going to get it again kind of scenarios. Uh, yeah, and I tackled that. That's kind of where I where I springboard the idea and decided to quit on my birthday. Uh, I believe it was like 2012 was the day that I did it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go on my own. I'm gonna freelance. I'm gonna see what happens. And uh, here we are. What is it now? 2021. Yeah, so it's like you, you're 10 a vet, so and you five. were in, you were in the video world I like,
2: before it got really really popular. Like everything's video now, man. It's like people can't make enough videos. You know,
1: it's a standard. <laughs> It is. I mean, obviously, the pandemic only highlighted that, right? Yeah, like yeah. everything's a video. Everything is done. Um, so I got lucky for being like super, super specific. Because if you're too broad, you know, entertainment. I live in LA, right? Like entertainment video, you can get lost if you don't have your niche or know the right people. I was just lucky enough to find a market that needed it and still uses uses awesome. it, and still so
0: needs it. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But uh, how did you come up with your name? Like, what was the uh process to that
1: <laughs> oh man that was the worst two things that were like the worst things for me was naming myself and cost and, and putting a value a cost value on my services like it's the hardest thing ever I was just going by Greg hasty video storytelling for like two years um, because I never thought of this of being like a true business really so I never really branded myself I just thought eh, you know I'm a freelancer like I'll just freelance under my name and see where it goes um, then over time, we just went down to hasty storytelling, and now I have employees that actually represent, you know, my last name. That's pretty cool. Uh, and that was the first conversation I had with them. Yeah, I was like, "So, so you're cool representing?" Hasty. <laughs> <laughs> and they're oh. like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm in." I love okay, the brand. Man. So here we are. Cool. I like the branding and the colors. And exactly. So it's super cool.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: Thank you. I got, again, I got kind of lucky. It's kind of those things; it just happens at the moment, and it feels yeah, right. It's crazy how <laughs> that
2: happens, and it all comes together.
1: Before we start talking a little more about, yeah.
2: you know, what you guys actually, what your business is, and what kind of projects you take on. Tell us what types of industries, what types of businesses do you guys serve? Do you have a niche? Do you have a, or is it pretty yeah. broad? Or do you like to tackle a certain yeah, what's field? Your, what's
1: a profile yeah.
0: ideally? It, it,
1: it, you know, it's, uh, it can be broad, but I think our, our main focus uh, can be described basically as market research or market research adjacent. So um, a lot of our clients come from big market research agencies, global agencies that are hired by um, large corporations like a Microsoft, a Facebook, or even small companies. Um, you know, upstart uh, entertainment companies like, um, you know, like uh, like an app. Uh, And they will reach out for some sort of consumer insights through these agencies that will create these big plans. And they'll bring us in to, like, document it and then build a story around it. More and more as time has gone on, companies have also directly reached out to us. So, I mean, one of our biggest clients is Facebook. And they'll now reach out directly to us and we'll assist them with um, both the documenting and the storytelling side of things, but sometimes even, like, the research service. That's pretty cool. Uh, so I think what's really nice about us, yeah, I think what's really nice is we have um, a really broad set of skills. So it's like anybody can come to us and go, I have this problem I need to solve. How can I solve it from a documentary standpoint or a storytelling standpoint? Um, but market research has always been my home. And that's the uh, place I'm most comfortable in, and the place that like I could tell tell a story the Perfect. best. So uh, how uh,
0: how would you explain that uh, video impacted the past market research projects? And how has that been valuable to you? in the market in general. Big
1: time. Yeah, so it's kind of like I said earlier, like I pitched that concept of why can't we do a high profile or polished video instead mm-hmm. of a 120 page deck. And and we used to, I mean, you guys I'm sure have seen this before all the time. Like you, you get those big, big PowerPoint decks and you're just kind of <laughs> lost in the data. And And one or two slides might be relevant to you, one or two slides might be relevant to a designer, another couple things relevant to a CEO. It's kind of, all over the place which serves a purpose but um, you know when i'm working with uh ux designers or engineers in the bay area that are fresh out of college um, that are super super smart but super super inexperienced when it comes to that grand scheme of of information they're not going to do anything with that so having a three to five minute video having a one minute video just having the point from the horse's mouth, from the individual, from the person that you're designing something for is so much more valuable for a lot of these folks than what is seen on a slide. Um, and I argue it continues to be more valuable and my clients would say it continues to be more valuable. Um, as my company grew and I started doing international research, you know, I was, li- I was basically living in homes with um, families in rural India or visiting folks in um, high rises in Cairo, Egypt or Alexandria. Wow. You can't convey, you can't convey no, it on a PowerPoint deck not at all. I can't tell a designer like, oh, yeah, there's these folks that are in a village that has one computer and very, very bad Internet. And they're trying to find their friends on social media. Me telling you that story is not going to do only going to do so much. I mean, I'm a good storyteller vocally, but it's right. only going to do so much. But where I where I can make prescriptions in a video, I could tell you action items in a video. And we can actually show you the impact you're having or not having. Uh, on a group of people is, is super, super powerful. Um, and it only gets better as technology gets better. Things get faster. Uh, we could do a lot more with just two people, one person than 10 years ago when I needed multiple people to help out and figure things out. Yeah, I man,
2: I, <clears throat> I was going to say, like, just listen to what you're saying. Uh, you have to have a pretty diverse skill set because not only are you thinking of the creative, right? But you also have to create it, edit it, frame it, uh, frame it Yeah, uh, have all the technical skills. It seems like – does everybody you employ, do they all have – do you guys kind of feed off each other or does yeah. everyone kind of have that technical background?
0: Or at least a versatile type of uh, – yeah, because you have to be versatile. is what you do. Yeah,
2: For sure. because you're doing a lot of different things it seems like. I
1: always – you're totally right. and and I'm definitely like the my personality type is like, I just want to get my hands into everything, which isn't always the best strategy as a business owner, right? So, um, I always describe myself, or I always describe the company as scrappy., uh, we all do a lot of lot of things that we're very, very good at, but I hire people um, with with better skills than me. Um, so you know, I have, Dennis Loveless, he is my uh, creative director and a business partner for Hasty Storytelling. And he brings in um, live studio experience. He worked at Fox behind the news desk, he or not behind the news desk, I'm sorry, behind the producer's desk. Uh, and he worked in live sports. Oh, wow. So he brought in kind of the technical aspects, how to tweak things technically, how to make things a lot more streamlined, efficient, compact, especially in the field. Um, and then Stephanie Burns, who I mentioned earlier, was actually kind of my mentor growing up, or growing up, coming out of college. Uh, and now uh, works for me and really made kind of my administrative uh, side efficient, my communications with clients more efficient, our legal more efficient. So we have all the, the the two main people that I brought on really kind of tuned up my my company big time. Because you're right, I was kind of juggling it all. Um, a, a good little like anecdote is. Uh, I won't say the company's name, but I had a manager who once told me I should never do anything in project management, and I was like, okay. And then I started a company where I'm just juggling project I know, management. How did I wind like, up doing that. this? So yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm to do the exact opposite of that. And you see wanted what to happens. prove her wrong. Huh? Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would say my uh, my my ability mm-hmm. to kind of like get revenge on that ideology is my biggest like motivator.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So um, as as far as your business is concerned, uh, how has that adapted through the pandemic or how has it changed?
1: Yeah. So even before we went live, I was telling you, you know, one significant growth for my business was was doing in-person, documenting in-person videography. And that was what let me travel all over the world for five, six years before the pandemic hit. Um, Six, seven months out of the year, I'd be anywhere you can name Thailand for three or four months, documenting quotes, wow. Vietnam, Australia, amazing. Japan, Brazil, all the good stuff. I was a, a, absolutely amazing experiences and I'm, I'm lucky and I'm humbled to have even got those experiences. But obviously the pandemic hit, I was ready to hop on an eight country tour basically and drop yeah. within two days, right? I mean, no travel, no nothing. Nah. Uh, all of our business basically shut down within a couple of days, yeah. which was scary. But um, you know, I stand by the fact that Dennis and Stephanie, my two employees, man, they kept me together. And we just switched gears. We were already kind of tackling a concept of doing things more virtually. We were constantly, uh, we were working on a concept to do more live streaming, um, mostly because a lot of research agencies would want to do a lot of research in places like India, rural India, Egypt, um, Brazil, Peru, but yeah. um, it's expensive expensive to send a team of five, six, seven, eight people over there, and um, it impacts the research a little bit, right? You have somebody who has a lot of Americans coming in your home with a camera in your face, um, trying to get you to show us how you buy potato chips. Like, it's going to be difficult for that person. So I was always looking at ways to refine, and that's what the pandemic really gave us an opportunity to do, was build a completely new system. We, we labeled it Vidi, which was Virtual IDI, or Virtual In-Depth Interview. And it's essentially just a step up from video conferencing programs. It's a lot more private. It's a lot more um, adjusted and customized and customer service forward for market research. Yeah, I saw that on your website. I was gonna ask you about Vidi. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, as opposed to like doing research through Zoom, which is of course a cheap alternative to being inside somebody's home and talking to them this is, you, you get a producer on the back end who's gonna help you out, that is market research trained. The quality of the video is gonna be a lot better, similar to like what we're doing right now on, on um, our service. Or, um, so it prepares you for better deliverables. And that was our, essentially our holdover to do international work or remote work while still being grounded at home. And so we trained a few different producers that were in field videographers to run that service. Uh, and we ran tons and tons of gigantic studies through the past year, year and a half um, doing that. And and I feel like it'll be actually continue to be a, a secondary service that we can offer moving forward, which is really cool. So despite the hurdles of the pandemic and the disappointment of not being able to be in, in a bunch of different countries, um, you know, something kind of beautiful came out of it. And I got to I got to be happy about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah innovation. Hey yeah, <laughs> man. It's, it's fine. It's
2: fine. Most entrepreneurs and business owners that we speak to on team business, when you ask about the pandemic, they say that. They say, you know, it was hard. I mean, at first, and, and I know how it was. brain knows how it was. It's a punch know. in the gut. But it's a to, punch. Yeah. It's like, to pivot. you know, you you lose sleep and you, it's terrible. But when you've, you, you know, you got to stand up and you got to find a different way. And it seems like if we're businesses and we're here now, we've found a different I, way. Right. Yeah. And I'm uh, sorry, you're- we're not. Sure. No, no, man. And it's like, and, it, and it's, it creates another foundation, right? It creates another
1: foundation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's And I, I I see that in our community, uh, the market research community specifically, because there was a large trend from large agencies to kind of more boutique, smaller agencies. A lot of people that went freelance, these fantastic market researchers that I've known for 20, 30 years. Um, and it was tough. It was tough on everybody who's kind of running anything, uh, during, during an emergency yeah. and, and flipping gears on how we ran and conducted this research. Um, and it, and it was just kind of shows highlights kind of like, um, it's the word I'm kind of thinking of, like the toughness, the toughness of, of all of us. Yeah. The toughness. Yeah. The
2: determination, yeah. the persistency, the, grit. the ethic, the grit. Before we get to the next question, which Ray I'll have, Ray's going to take this one. Uh, I want to ask just cause you're talking about all these cool places you were at and you're doing market research. When you mention countries like Thailand, Brazil, India, why is it because of the growth potential of those countries? And they aren't, like, is that what it is? I, I'm just kind of wondering.
1: Of course, it's it's yeah. a combination of things. And obviously it depends on the client. Um, a lot of the things I would tend to travel for would be things like social media. So you can imagine why some of those countries like India, large populations, people coming online over the past decade, a yeah. lot more and a lot bigger groups. So, so you could see why they would, want to focus on on those larger markets. Um, a lot of the companies I work for have their own kind of quantitative data services that influence why we're going to go to a market to study something like why why do folks in Brazil tend to use, and this is just an example, not exactly a finding, but um, tend to use video, watch video online more than any other country in the world. Mm-hmm. And this is something that a company like an Amazon, a Google, a Facebook wants to understand. That's when they would send us out with a team, with a local team, uh, to speak with them and figure that out. And it might be comparing markets, right? We might do uh, one, of, one of my most famous stories, and again, I can't name client names uh, for what the projects are, <laughs> but it was, it was an alcohol company. It's a whiskey company. Okay. And they sent me I'm gonna to... i a couple of uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they sent me to uh, Sydney, Australia, Tokyo, Japan, Berlin, Germany, and Dallas, Texas. And the job was to compare drinking habits in a bar between all four of these areas, um, including cultural context, why they order what they order. And I got to document this whole thing. And they wanted them to bring (laughs) friends and go to the bar and buy drinks and study it and talk about, like, I peaked way early in my business, that's for sure. Like, nothing ever ever gets as amazing as that one was.
2: Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like
1: you've had some really awesome
2: experiences. That's
0: amazing. So Greg, what do you think of the future of qualitative storytelling?
1: Yeah, um, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I've I've been chatting with a lot of uh, my rocket research contacts that have way more experience even in the field than, than I do decades long. Uh, and I think qualitative research is going to find a, a really unique and interesting place. I don't know if in-person necessarily will will come back with the full force that it was before, but I now think there's gonna be a balance. I think there's gonna be a balance between virtual capabilities and what more like immersion we can get um, with the tools that we have, with cell phones and stuff like that. And also, it's kind of like I talked about earlier, like the comfort level of people that we're talking to, not, not necessarily like crowding their homes is the best way to understand who these folks are. That being said, I do think the in-person experience is really powerful for, for some teams, you know, you can't replace what it's like to be in Indonesia during a tsunami that our drums are maybe just a flood, maybe a gigantic <laughs> flood is what they would call it. And we're all just sitting in the living room with water going up to our knees. And like, this is a conversation that we're a casual conversation we're having, because this is how some folks live and you're not going to replace that experience for a CEO, for high level people that are making, making great decisions. Um, yeah. So I think qualitative research is in an interesting place where it's transforming. Um, I think the pandemic probably, you know, I, I can't necessarily speak accurately on this, but has changed tons of consumer habits. Um, I think a lot of companies know that and are kind of prepping to reevaluate their directions for a lot of how they reach the consumers, how they sell or market their products. Um, and also, I think um, a lot more companies are more interested in, in exploring kind of like the emotional side of what people feel about their businesses. Um, and I think these are all going to be really cool things to explore from both quantitative, but also qualitative research. Yeah. And I think it's just going to open up storytelling in a lot, lot different ways. And we could do a lot more cool things as storytellers, as video editors, videographers um, when we start getting to that stage.
2: Right. And I got to ask you, cause I have a lot of what you're telling me is so interesting. It's, now, when you get hired to go, say, to a, another market or wherever it may be, is, is it your responsibility to get people to TVT? TV? Like, do you have to set up the whole schedule? Who are you going to see? How are you going to get the data? How are you gonna, who are you going to interview? All on no, you. Not every time. Okay. Properly.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, that would be <laughs> way more work than <laughs> i I was gonna say, like, <laughs>
2: man, that's it seems so in depth,
1: man. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a combination of things. I mean, there are projects that I do where I have recruiting partners um, and they help us get re- respondents, and then we just conduct it from there. And I'm the moderator, I'm the researcher as well as a documentary documentarian. Um, but that's not our main focus. That's kind of in in special case scenarios. Um, in most cases. You know, a team will be put together by a researcher that works internally for a company, and that's kind of my side-by-side partner. They hire me, I work gotcha. alongside them. I'm working with them to make sure I'm documenting what, how they want what they want, how they gotcha. want to see it. Gotcha. And luckily, they create the schedule uh, and, and set up the respondents. Now, I, I, because I have experience in recruitment, as, as does my team, we may um, help, uh, especially with our Vidi program. We, we always make sure we're doing tech checks, uh, making sure respondents are ready and comfortable because we can want to kind of avoid that like 15, 20 minute lag of like, why aren't my hair, headphones working? What's going on kind of situation. <laughs> so we may kind of do a little bit more above and beyond than, than a typical you know on the street videographer or editor that you're going to hire. But um, that's also kind of a big like ethos for me. It's like, I, I know what researchers are going through, um, especially as times are tight and budgets are tight and companies have a lot of expectations on research results. Um, So I do try to, like, pop in as much of my service, as much as I can. Yeah, Some more value adds or whatever.
2: Now, Vinny, did you build the platform? Is that something that's your own proprietary software? It
1: it is, yeah. Um, So that was, again, yeah, the brainchild of Dennis Lovelace. It basically um, incorporates the same idea that um, live streaming, um, uh, live live news, live sports works, um, which is basically, like, just... Connecting a call. But um, that's why somebody is operating it at all times because of because of how much, let's say, sophistication that goes into the background of it. We can basically do anything. We could customize it in any way, shape, or form. So we can have focus groups with eight, nine, ten folks on there, including a moderator, including, let's say, an English translator from a different country that needs to translate what the moderator is saying so that our our oh, clients cool. can understand wow. it yeah so amazing. so um it requires there, there's always something to add there's always something to build there's always something to tweak um and of course it required a lot of trial and error yeah, can imagine yeah yeah um but <laughs> the sophistication of what we can do um is pretty pretty cool
2: that's amazing good for you guys for coming yeah, up with the concept Exactly.
0: thank you i gonna take this one
2: or... yeah go ahead right it's all you man
0: Sure. All right. Uh, uh, as far as uh, businesses, uh, what could they do to, you know, benefit from your services?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, a little bit of a twofold. Um, I think, you know, if you're a market research company, um, oh, I'm sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> okay, <man>. Dogs <laughs> <If you're- laughs> are welcome on our podcast. <laughs> uh, friendly uh, show. <laughs> there's, a, there's actually a video from India playing on our mm-hmm. TV in the office, and he's decided he's going to bark at it. Perfect. Uh, he's so- enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so market research agencies are, are a clear winner. You know, they can't necessarily afford, especially these days, an entire creative team unless you're a global agency. So having somebody that can tackle the creative side, the storytelling side for you um, is really big. And, and kind of like I alluded to earlier, the, the trend at least 10 years ago was definitely to hire a video editor. Um, that was just like someone out of college that kind of knew what they were doing. Cheap, gets the job done. But now having somebody with research expertise and can actually be a partner, um, especially in the field, goes so much further for the experience. And, and also the deliverable that you're presenting to your clients is so much more powerful. Um, and we're seeing that. We're seeing return clients come back to our clients, big you know, fashion companies, food brands, CPG companies, because they are so enamored with um, the results via video, and it lives so much longer than a PowerPoint presentation, where a right, PowerPoint yeah. presentation may go 30 days, let's say, in circulation in a company. I've seen videos be looked at even to this day four or five years down the road, yeah. um, which yeah. says a lot. Um, I think my, my second kind of caveat to who else this can help um, is, is really anybody that's trying to tell a story in a, in a documentary fashion or trying to learn more about their consumer base. Um, I think that's just something that all businesses need to take to account or companies or uh, programs or outreach programs, you know, learning from that horse's mouth um, aspect, you know, hearing the quotes, hearing what uh, people say, seeing that emotion, seeing them in their natural environment and getting that immersive experience in a a story in a video format is so much different than just reading it or just seeing it in data points And, and rather than, you know, contributing to death by data, um, you yeah. know, we, we're in a world of, of big data, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, having somebody, a partner with you to distill it in a proper way um, and in a powerful way, I think, is important.
0: Very true. That's awesome,
2: Greg. So
1: I, on
2: the screen here, you guys can see how you can visit uh, Hasty Storytelling online, hastystorytelling.com. Greg, how else uh, should our viewers get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on all the, all the good social medias, Instagram, Facebook. You can just find me by Greg Hasty, Instagram at Greg Hasty. Um, once travel picks up again, you'll see tons and tons of travel stuff. It's kind of my biggest yeah. thing I like to promote, mostly because I'm under NDA with most of my clients and I can't show Okay. A lot of that stuff, that but I could definitely show the places I go to. So it ends up being a wonderful travel blog. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, Everyone that's likes great. to see some good travel fix you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then I have a couple other small businesses you could check out. MosaicInsights.io is a small um, cannabis research agency that I've launched. Um, folks that oh, know yeah. me know that I've kind of contributed a little bit in um, the financial side and the business side of the cannabis industry. Uh, and it's a new little project that we're launching this year that i that i think has some legs on it as well so you could definitely find me uh, all over the place and and linkedin's another great place where i yeah. actually interact with folks and and have discussions so that would be an easy one to get a hold of me as well
2: awesome man what when's your do you have a trip any trips planned any uh, flights booked yeah well oh, Tell
1: i us know i right, well, i just we'll got go back from, I just got back from belize and that was a real vacation i haven't had a real hmm. vacation in like 5 years 6 years now So I highly recommend that guys. I mean, especially from the States, easiest, wonderful trip. Very, very good. That was my first post pandemic kind of vacation and I was pumped, but um, I think a lot of my research trip is going to be domestic. Uh, And you know what? I have nothing wrong with that. I'll I'll take a trip out of (laughs) my home state anytime just to just get back on the road.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. Well, Greg, again, thank you so much for your time. You were an awesome guest, great insight, great information. Man, awesome. I wish I could take as many trips as you did. I know. I'm uh, jealous.
0: But uh, Ray and
2: I really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, And the time. Uh, thanks for joining us on Team Business. You guys know how to get in touch with Greg. You know what he does. And uh, his services are available. So yeah. make sure to reach out. Great story cool.
1: Thank you both. Mike, Ray, this was awesome. Really appreciate your time.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. We'll see you soon, man.
1: Yeah, of course. Take care. You too.